Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Because they went out to the people, there was fruit in their ministry. People were healed. People were uh, got knowledge about the gospel of the kingdom of God. There was results in what they did. And I wonder what state the church would be in if we had more people willing to go out instead of waiting for everybody to come inside to them. Amen. Let's get into the word today. Uh, Turn with me, if you will, to the gospel according to Mark. We are going to be reading from the sixth chapter. We're going to read the 30th through the 34th verse. Then we're going to go down to verse 53 and read through 56. Again, that is the gospel according to Mark, the sixth chapter, reading verses 30 through 34 and 50 through 56. I'm reading the New International Version of uh, God's Word. Let's see what the Word of God has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the Word of the Lord. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Then, so they they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And verse 53 reads, When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed." The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for this opportunity to once again gather and study your word. Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Every word I speak and every thought that I think be in line with your will. Hide me behind your cross so that people don't see me, but are led to Jesus. Forgive us for our sins and help us to forgive others. And let this word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest. In Christ's name we pray. 
Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about a compassionate Christ, a compassionate Christ. Compassion is an interesting word. Uh, it wasn't until I started preparing for this sermon that I even really learned what it meant. I'd used it before, but uh, I learned that passion actually mean, comes from a word that means to suffer. And that the C-O-M prefix in front of it means with. So to have compassion means to suffer with someone. And there are some things that I know that I suffer for, that I have compassion for, uh, things that I am passionate about. Family, my health, um, situations where I feel like someone needs justice. And I am sure there are other things that we all are passionate about or have compassion for, things that stir our spirit. Uh, however, true compassion prompts action. True compassion will drive one to act. We won't just feel some way about it. We're going to do something about it. Uh, we find an example or several examples of compassion in Scripture, in the Gospel of Mark. Again, uh, this story that I read is in all four of the Gospels. Uh, the lectionary does something strange this week uh, for this passage because it starts off reading one chunk of Scripture, skips over a whole bunch, and then picks up at the end, and that's the reading. Uh, what it happens to skip over is Jesus feeding the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. And then it skips over another story where Jesus is walking on water. And so it only lists what happens before and after uh, Jesus does this for this lectionary passage. And it's easy to think that the parts that I read are not as important as the parts that I skipped over for this reading, but I think that there is something to be found in the part that we read. And we can save talking about the miracles for another day, amen? We come upon Jesus and the disciples after earlier, uh, the period earlier in the chapter where uh, Jesus has, has um, gone home and tried to perform some miracles. And the people didn't really have much faith in Jesus because they had focused on the Jesus they knew back then as opposed to the miracle worker that was in front of them now. And that's where we get the phrase that a prophet is not, with, uh, is not honored in his own home. And then they also went out and they, uh, Jesus sent the disciples out to preach repentance uh, and to heal the sick. Uh, and so that's what has happened before. Uh, sometime during this same time, Jesus also finds out that John the Baptist has been killed by Herod. 
uh, John the Baptist, uh, Herod rather, threw a big old party for his birthday. And uh, when someone asked what they wanted, they, he said, they said that they wanted the head of John the Baptist. So Herod provided it. Um, John the Baptist spoke truth to power. And he told King Herod where King Herod was wrong. And King Herod did not like that. So it cost him his life. I am always leery of clergy that want to get all buddy-buddy with politicians to try to elevate their platform because of John the Baptist, any so-called prophet that wants to elevate their status and try to attach themselves to a president or a governor or a mayor for that matter to, to build up their, prof, their platform. Uh, I'm not saying you can't work with politicians. I work with politicians in order to get things uh, for the betterment of the community. But when you are trying to elevate just yourself, I'm always leery of people like that because real prophets, real clergy that are doing what the Bible said, speak truth to power no matter who's in power. John the Baptist spoke truth to power and so will I. But Jesus hears all about these things that are going on. And then we get to the part where I read for you uh, the disciples, also called the apostles, uh, also called, which were the, the sent ones, were sent out and are coming back to Jesus after being sent out. Jesus told them to go around and, and, and preach repentance. And if somebody didn't uh, preach or if somebody didn't accept them, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Uh, and so they did that. And the disciples went out to the people. The disciples went out to the people. The third time's a charm. And I'll say that the disciples went out to the people. They did not wait for the people to come to them. And when they were done, because they went out to the people, there was fruit in their ministry. People were healed. People were, uh, got knowledge about the gospel of the kingdom of God. There was results in what they did. And I wonder what state the church would be in if we had more people willing to go out mm -hmm. instead of waiting for everybody to come inside to them. Amen. Amen. And so the disciples went out and now they have come back and they are telling Jesus what they have done because Jesus and the disciples have been traveling the countryside, casting out demons, healing the sick, preparing for the acceptable year of the Lord. And everything is so busy that the disciples aren't even able to rest a bit and get a bite to eat. Jesus calls the apostles and tells them, hop in the boat with me and we're going to go away to a deserted place, a quiet place across the Sea of Galilee to enjoy some rest. Jesus is telling them to get away and get a little rest for a while. Rest is good. And rest is especially good when you have earned it. And so Jesus had compassion and he saw that his disciples had a need and he met it. Compassion drives us to act. But their plans 
got derailed real quickly. These people who were around them were desperate and in need of Jesus. And they saw where Jesus was headed and they went on and got on foot and beat them to where they were going in a boat. And so by the time his boat hit the ground, there is a huge crowd waiting for him. And although Jesus is weary, he doesn't get annoyed that his rest time, the disciples' rest time, has been interrupted. He isn't irritated that these people are unable to help themselves. He doesn't hop off the boat and tell them you should uh, pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. He isn't uh, frustrated that everyone around him is uh, so many people. These people have begun to see and hear the work of Jesus and what the disciples were doing and the word spread. Can you imagine beating somebody on a boat by foot? They were gathering at these places and Jesus had compassion again. It's one thing to have compassion for your disciples. They've been around. They're in the in crowd. They've been uh, here to help. It's another to have compassion for others. And Jesus saw them as a sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion for them and set them down and began to teach and heal them. Shepherds feed their sheep. Shepherds make sure their sheep are clean. Shepherds protect their sheep. These people needed a shepherd. Jesus saw the need and his compassion drove him to act on their behalf. He saw the need and he met it. And then after he had taught them, that's when uh, they fed the 5,000, even though I didn't read that part. It's at that point that they fed the 5,000. And then later on that evening, uh, Jesus was walking on water out while the boat was out. And people got scared of what they saw from this man. And some of them misinterpreted his message and his mission and the wisdom and the power. But moving on, the text says in, in verse uh, 53, when they had crossed over, they landed at Generaset, and this is the only time that I can immediately recall that this city is mentioned. Uh, when you read on your own, you see that they were supposed to head to Bethsaida, but they ended up here, and that is important because they were in. They were supposed to go to Bethsaida, but ended up in Genesaret, and that was a place where no one spoke Aramaic. What does Jesus speak? He spoke Aramaic. This was not a comfortable, cozy place for ministry. Even so, they still did kingdom work there. Jesus and the disciples still did kingdom work in an area where nobody spoke the language that Jesus spoke. 
we may not always be in the most ideal situations where everything is going to go like we planned it, but God can still get the glory and the work of the kingdom can still be done. Christianity is about proclaiming the gospel and helping people in need. A compassionate Jesus was willing to help his disciples. A compassionate Jesus was willing to help people from towns and villages around the area. A compassionate Jesus was even willing to help people who did not speak his language. Christ's compassion helped him to act and not just feel for the people from afar. He did something about it. He felt compassion for the disciples, so he helped them. He felt compassion for the people around, so he helped them. He felt compassion in a strange land, so he helped them. And this was only a glimpse of Christ's compassion because we would not see Christ's full compassion until we get to Calvary, a.k.a. Golgotha, a.k.a. the place of the skull, where Jesus would willingly give himself up for us so that we could have access to eternal life. His full passion would be on display when they hung him high and stretched him wide. His full passion would be on display when he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. But he didn't just wait for glory. He did stuff now. Where would we be? Where could we be, rather, if we went out to the people instead of waiting for them to come to us? Where could we be if we allowed our compassion to drive us to act instead of waiting for someone else to do it? Where would we be if we didn't wait for the perfect opportunity in the perfect place at the perfect time to do something for God? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the compassion that he had for the people in the Bible and the compassion that he has for us now. This compassion that he looks at us as people as sheep without a shepherd. And he becomes our shepherd, Lord God. We thank you for that. Lord God, we ask your Holy Spirit to stir up the gifts in us so that we will be willing to use them for the kingdom and the advancement of the kingdom of God. Lord God, we ask that your Holy Spirit touch anyone that doesn't know Jesus Christ and the pardoning of their sins, that they might get to know Jesus Christ and ask, what must I do to become saved? We speak a blessing over those who have heard this message and those who may hear it later, that they'll want to grow in desire with you. It is in the precious name above all names, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. 
Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.